You're listening to The Creative Production Lab. The Creative Production Lab is an audio podcast produced by the University of Nebraska at Omaha's Chris Library. The Creative Production Lab is aimed at the University of Nebraska at Omaha's students, staff, and faculty of our academic community. But all projects, hints, tips, and otherwise any information here is applicable to anyone interested in any creative activity or project we may be engaged in. For more information, go to library.uinomaha.edu. Episode one of this podcast was recorded entirely remotely on Thursday, January 7th, 2021. It's been split into two parts, and both parts are available on this channel and wherever you get your podcasts. For folks not big up on the acronym, we're going to refer to the Creative Production Lab, uh, the name of the podcast, uh, versus the CPL is our space here, our physical space here in the Chris Library. Especially while we're in primarily remote services, if you need help with a project, it, it will zoom in with you or we'll offer up how to send in something and we'll help you finish the project like on our 3D printer or large format printer or laser cut it on your behalf. If you're interested in learning how to produce audio, video, or any of the projects that we cover in here, check out our website. The Creative Production Lab can help you learn software like Adobe Audition, which we use to create this podcast, and any other software or technology that we have available here in the Chris Library. In the last part, we covered selection of your 3D model and preparing a 3D print for molding and casting. In this part, we'll cover making molds from that 3D uh, print and preparing a cast. One thing I will say too is, you know, when you are looking into prepping these projects, know that it is perfectly okay to make mistakes. You know, you may pour that first mold and then realize as you're trying to remove the masterpiece that uh, you can't because of the way the, you accidentally designed the model. That is a-okay. Uh, you can cut up that silicone and reuse it again as like a base for the secondary mold. Um, so, you know, we say all these things like, you know, make sure you get your model set up correctly the first time. Don't be paralyzed to fear or by fear by that. It is right. perfectly okay to set up your model, you know, try to mold it and then learn the hard way as we have all done <laughs> about how not Oof. to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think half of our first 40 minutes of this were here's how I screwed up. Um, so you don't have to. Yeah. And and even if you let's let's say you'd make a mold and literally break your 3D print master. Uh, at 10 cents a gram, if you want to redo it here with us, we're happy to print you another one. Also, yeah. as, as something as we transition from the model to actually pouring the mold, another thing that I failed to think about while making, well, in the process, not this isn't making your model, this is actually printing your model. Um, I I printed my model because the, 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 the person who designed on Thinker First was so good at it. You're able to print it with zero percent infill which means there is no print material there's no plastic 
inside of this tree. It's just the outside walls, which is really cool. It prints a lot quicker, uses a lot less material. That's awesome. Uh, it also floats in Umu, which is the molding stuff sold, sold by Smooth On. Uh, it, it floats. Uh, it's buoyant. So oh, <laughs> I yeah, imagine... We- I imagine even if it had, well, and that's just something as we transition from the, you know, your model to your uh, pour. Yeah. Oh man. Cause that's the other weird thing. It's it's old, old school molding and casting. You're building something out of like plastilina or clay, this rock solid thing, and then pouring silicone around it or rubber or latex rubber, and then making it out of like a plaster of Paris or something stone like, like that. You don't got to worry about the weirdness that is, these 3D prints are hollow. They float. Uh, they're bath toys, uh, effectively. Even even the the only ones the unless you resin printed them 100% solid like I've done with these dice, um, they'll float up. And we'll we'll get into that in making the mold uh, itself, um, because yeah, I think we had a pr- slight problem with that with uh, the um, Yoda situation, which we ended up I think what super gluing or hot gluing it to popsicle sticks to prevent that. So yeah, now now we're getting into the stuff you need to move on into the big phase of molding and casting. So things that you're gonna need, and this is where uh, yet again, um, the and I'm just gonna say it is like the reason we deal with uh, uh, the the company Smooth On so much is because they're kind of like the name of the game when it comes to professional molding and casting, um, and just the absolute ease of use. Um, for the the Yoda project in particular, I think Drew, you picked up uh, like their starter kit uh, to yeah. get us get you ready to go. Yeah, and the nice thing about the starter kit is it contains everything that you may overlook in the first attempt at a project like this. Uh, one of the things that I definitely overlooked in my first attempt at molding was something to spray onto the surface of the model so that it didn't fuse into the mold itself. So like a releasing agent is important to spray onto your models to ensure, depending on what type of silicon you're using, to ensure that you can actually get your master out and use the mold in for its intended purpose. So that's what's great about that starter kit is it contains all of those things that you may not be thinking about as someone new to the game um, just starting out. Yeah. So what the starter kit includes is... uh, the silicone, which you need, which comes in two parts, you mix it up one uh, one to one ratios, um, and that's what you use to make a mold. And the I think it was like a the smooth cast, like a two part plastic that you then put into your mold to make the the, the cast itself. It comes with cups, uh, stir sticks, and everything you need to the, do the basic startup. And I think that was what maybe forty five bucks uh, for I the whole think, thing. Yeah, it was not much. No, and for what like to make a mold that you can get another twenty five to thirty or more casts out of, that's a real nice investment um, for folks wanting to do cons or craft shows or literally just expand your portfolio a bit. For the art students out there, um, th- it's something I would go for. Um, but everything that we also had in here is you're gonna need uh, rubber gloves, which in the age of COVID, I know are a little bit harder to get hold of, um, but they're also everywhere. They're just a little bit more expensive. Um, hot glue guns are great to keep around in case stuff needs to get stuck down. Uh, in Sean's case, packing tape or uh, painter's tape. It was blue painter's tape specifically. Yeah. Just, it's the, the more you can be prepared for the eventuality of something's going to float, something needs to get stuck down or prepared, that's where you've got. 
we've got all that in the CPL and we can show that to you. And, and if you need a little bit of extra to kind of take away and do the project, we can we can kind of get you set up with a little bit of that to, to go your way as well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll put up documentation on the website to kind of get people like, hey, if I want to mold, what do I need to look for and buy uh, or to just kind of like scrape together? Um, because for my case, I keep all my yogurt cups, like the little ones, the big, like Greek yogurt things and all of my soup. Um, like you, if you, if, if you go to three happiness, which is open again, by the way, and get some of their to go soup, those, uh, those soup pots with lids are perfect for stirring, uh, silicone and resin in. Pretty sure you can buy those on Amazon too. You absolutely can, Sean, but we are here for uh, the, what, what Drew, what's that thing that you're part of? The reusability team? Sustainability. Sustainability. Wow, I got that word wrong, way wrong. Uh, but yeah, for, for sustainability purposes, hold on to like plastic cups and stuff and you can continue to reuse them for this. So you don't have to spend a whole lot of money as if you just keep all your trash that might you, be usable one day. You are correct. I have made cosplay out of um, the cardboard from soda 12 pack soda boxes uh sean thank you for uh episode four Gar <laughs> garbage 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 cosplay i'll talk about that that sounds like fun one man's garbage is another man's garbage <laughs> it's just are you going to glue it to your body or not the molding process as a whole, we'll get back on that before we go on a super tangent. But usually what you do, especially with 3D printing, is either add a sprue, which is like maybe gluing a straw to your model, and that's what you use to like pour your resin down later on. Or if it's flat and it's got a nice big flat base, flipping it upside down or gluing it or hot gluing it to a flat surface and then putting a cup over it and pouring your mold around it. But the basic process is simple. Uh, Adhere your 3D printed original to a surface or a vessel, like a cup, and then mix your liquid resin, or not liquid, liquid silicone, and pour it around it and then let it chill. Like by chill, I mean wait there. Um, or put it in the be, fridge. Do, do not put it in the fridge. And I will, here's my things <laughs> no, yeah, I've done wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my God. So, the products that I, I like, so Umu is the best possible starter, I would say, for people to get into. It is a super easy to use two-part liquid silicone that uh, Sean used it for his. Of it's, it's nice and thin. It pours very well. It mixes very easily. And what's cool about it is it changes color to let you know, because it's, it's a blue and a pink, and when you mix them, it gets a nice purple uh, color to know that it's all mixed pretty well. And that, that's what you used, right, Sean? It is what I used. I didn't buy the starter kit. I just bought their kit that came with part A and part B. So I had Sweet. to buy all of the other things. Yeah. So and I'll say that I used Vaseline for my releasing agent, like I talked about earlier. Yeah. So it, great there. And Drew, painted I think... Painted onto the, the mole. Uh, I'll talk about that later. Painted onto the thing. Well, yeah. And, and that's, that's what Drew used as well. Uh, so we got XTC 3D. So we got a super shiny, smooth Yoda poured umu around it and then you sprayed um that mold release agent on there to make sure it didn't stick at all yeah um the nice thing about the mold release agent is it's like a hairspray consistency so very thin layer on the mold itself whereas if you did do a, a vaseline you may struggle with a uniform thickness you do have to be careful and paint it on very thinly yeah uh and in my case where i'm doing like the surface of my 3D prints are flat and glass-like. If I were to put um, Vaseline on there, 
I would the, the brush strokes would be immediately evident in the mold. Mm -hmm. um, so for for my resin print ones, and I, I used a little bit of a different process. Um, is I use Mold Star fifteen and Dragon Skin. So Mold Star is an even thinner uh, molding agent uh, than Umu, but it takes longer to cure. And I do it, it but it, it 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 cures blue. So you end up with this really flexible, um, more flexible than Umu mold, but it's more prone to tearing. Um, so the, the one I've moved to lately is Sorta Clear and Dragon Skin. And those are both uh, translucent molds. So I can actually see, like after I've poured the silicone around my 3D print, let it cured for what, five hours to 12 hours, um, I can see what's inside of it. Uh, so it, it makes it super helpful for doing very pristine resin pours, which I know are hot on like Instagram right now, um, is having the mold that you can see into it, uh, and, and make that work. Uh, so th those are other ones, but what's cool about dragon skin in particular is that it's, uh, uh super, super, it, it's, in it's intended for prosthetics, so you can actually get uh, twice as many molds out of it or casts out of it and is not prone to tearing. It's super flexible. Um, but what's weird about translucent, and this is what I'm talking about, the temperature situation, dragon skin and sort of clear that the translucent silicones, if they're if the, the pots are below 68 degrees, it's like working with chewing gum. But so don't also, put it in the fridge. So don't put it in the fridge to chill at all <laughs> and make sure you're working in like a 70 degree room. Um, also, my I thought, man, if it's cold that makes it thick, then maybe I should heat it up and that'll help out. That is also the wrong thing to do. Uh, dragon skin and sort of clear, if they get over 75 degrees uh, when they mix, they they're, you can't pour them at all. It's, it's like trying to wipe chewing gum off of your shoe. So they're really, really cool, but you need to be careful and they're temperature sensitive. Whereas Umu, it's just like, whatever, mix me up and pour me in a, a pot and it's good to go. Same Umu with just, Umu works. It's Umu, Umu just works, yeah. um, but it's, it's absolutely opaque. So you can't see if there are bubbles or flaws in your mold at all. Mm -hmm. So yes. yeah, it, 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 if, if you want to get into it professionally, um, I'd say step up to dragon skin or sort of clear, but if you just want to check it out, pick up an Umu starter kit, 3d print something and you're good to go. And then what you got way less to worry about, um, because otherwise, and I'm going to skip talking about this for a later one, just add it in there because if you start getting into mold star 15 professional, you may need to get into like vacuum casting or pressure pots. Oh man. Uh, not necessary with Umu literally just leave it out on your, on your counter and pour your pour your plastic in there and call it good. You can do it in your kitchen. Yes, in fact, probably should do it in your kitchen with wax paper on stuff. Uh, put down cardboard or something. Yeah, because yeah. even though silicone will peel off of stuff, when it'll you're take it with you. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a little sticky uh, if it doesn't have that uh, like the release agent we were talking about. Yes. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's where it's at. So cons that's you've made a mold. You've got a three D print. You've poured resin around it. Um, the next part is really easy. Take your original out of the mold and then pour new stuff in. 
Um, Sean, yours was a, a kind of an open face mold. Tell us about your demolding and getting it ready. Yeah. So very specifically, I put the point of my tree down and the, 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 the big flat part at the bottom upwards. So there was just like a big hole in the mold. Like once I finished it, I let it sit overnight. It was buoyant. I had to tape it down. It's still stuck up in the air, but it was very forgiving. So, um, so I decided to just cast wax. Uh, if you're doing candles, that's probably what you're going to do. I just used some beeswax I bought online from some organic farm. Uh, and uh, so all I did was you should use like a double boiler, boil some water, put the wax in the pan, put the pan in the boiling water, uh, heated up the wax. Um, and you have to make sure to take some of that. What I did is I took some more of the Vaseline and I painted it on very thin on the inside of the mold after I took the 3D print out. So that's going to serve as your release agent again. Uh, this time there's not as much of the covering up the striations or anything like that. Uh, but you paint it on and it was going to work as a mold release, painted on real thin. And then literally just waited for the beeswax to boil, uh, poured it into the mold. Um, and then you just let it sit until it's completely cool. Uh, this one you can put in the refrigerator. I put it in the refrigerator. You can just let it sit. You don't have to let it sit for a super long time, um, but you should let it sit till it's definitely um, uh, warm, cool to the touch because it's going to the outside is going to cool first. And then the inside is can still be liquid. So you're, you want to make sure that it sits long enough. But then past that, you just pull it out the exact same way you pulled out your master mold. Uh, if it's kind of like just kind of pull, you sh hopefully you'll be able to just kind of pull it out with your hands. But mine just came out real nice and easy after chilling it in the fridge for a while. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I want to stress uh, about why Drew, especially when we started with that Yoda project, was making candles is wicked easy uh it's that you don't got to worry about temperature you can put it in the fridge you can do it in your kitchen it it, it, it kind of takes care of itself um mm -hmm. so it, this is where we're at the point of like look as long as you've you've made a mold now it's time to start experimenting and messing about with stuff yeah also a uh, real quick hip tip i forgot uh about the beeswax um you're not going to be able to get that off a pan use an old pan you're okay with sacrificing or buy one at the thrift store or just the cheap one at your local mega mart or whatever you want you know that uh, that may be the hottest tip i've ever heard from anything uh, ever uh, yeah. that i i wish i had known years earlier yeah you won't you you won't be cooking with the pan that you use to melt the wax in yep <laughs> or please don't uh you probably could the beeswax i bought is food safe uh i mean it's like just organic food safe beeswax you could eat it if you want to but uh it, it you don't want to yeah uh skip it yeah and and in my case where I've, i'm working in resin um i create i've got silicone cups that work okay but i'm generating a lot of waste which is why I use a lot of yogurt cups and eat a lot of yogurt um, to to kind of like fuel my need to to pour stuff into the mold from there. Fuels your yogurt addiction. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, yogurt's good for you. Take care of that gut biome. I need to eat more yogurt. <laughs>
that's just beside the point though yeah we we don't we don't end up actually getting a uh a smooth on uh like sponsorship in any way chobani. we end up with like like chobani and yo player like yo you our, our our yogurt sales shot up after you mentioned eating yogurt just to make have have your stuff ready for molding <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to complain sponsorships or sponsorships so Drew, t- so you, you with especially that Yoda one being the first one, I remember thus like, okay, we got the mold, we're ready to go. And it almost turned into a gigantic, messy disaster for that first pour for Yoda. Do you want to talk about that quick? Yeah. Uh, do you mean the first candle? Yeah. Uh was it the first no, the first plastic one and then the first candle? Okay. Uh, well, first off, some of the things that are important to note is uh the importance of your given duration for this material. So a lot of these materials have uh, a limited active time before they start to cure. And so if your material has, you know, three minutes that uh, once you start mixing, that's, that's a hard three minute timer. So a mistake that I've made on these early is if let's say I have two minutes to mix my agents together before I start to pour the mold, uh, I would think that was more of a guideline and I would get to a couple minutes in and not be pouring and it would start to like partially cure inside the mixture. And I was left with this like Frankenstein glob of the cured and uncured material. So definitely one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make early on is not being cognizant of their working time. Um, and a lot of these materials do have fairly quick setting time. So you, you got to kind of get going right away. That's really what happened kind of with my first mold. Um, my first candle, I learned another mistake, which is when you are working with dyeing agents, make sure your dyeing agents are compatible with your uh, uh, material. So I chose uh, candle wax and then I chose a dye that was not compatible with candle wax. It was meant for food uh, coloring. And yeah. so I mixed those together, put them into the mold and thought, perfect, that's great. Uh, and I somehow got away with it on the first mold. I ended up making like a green candle because it's Yoda. And so naturally then I was like, well, okay, I'm going to move on to like something like purple. It's my favorite color. Why not? Well, when I pulled the second candle out, uh, it was like the perfect color of the beeswax. It almost looked like there was no dye at all. And so naturally I was you know, wondering what happened. I know I had mixed the dye in when I was melting the beeswax. Uh, I pulled that candle out, looked at the bottom and poked a hole in the bottom and all of that dye just came pouring out onto <laughs> my workspace. Yep. Uh, so that uh, obviously was not the intended design of said candle. And I learned very much at that point that, uh, you know, it's very important that you get compatible materials for you, the project that you're trying to do. Or you'll uh, end up with a Yoda gusher. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even the one that we have on display that it kind of the coloring kind of did work. It's very much a marbling of like, it's just kind of floaty around in it. It's, it's not actually evenly distributed. You didn't change the color of the wax. Yeah. And, and, uh, and to, to kind of bounce off of that, uh, I've been working in resin. Uh, so I use a couple of the, I've got a urethane stuff that I pour into my molds that, that is what Drew is talking about. It's you, you, as soon as you mix it together, you have exactly two minutes before it is unusable. 
and you need to pour it into your molds. Um, and then a 20, it takes 24 hours. So you get a long time to work with this ultra clear stuff. Uh, but with that ultra clear stuff, you need to, if, if you don't want just completely clear dice or a 3d print mold that you got, you got to mix something in with it. Um, regular glitter will just sink to the bottom. <laughs> it doesn't stay there uh, unless you wait for 40 minutes and then like wait till it's like really, really thick and kind of go that route. Uh, but I found out the hard way where I was like, oh, I'm going to put the sweet purple glitter in this pure clear resin and then came back a day later after I had let it all cure and all of the glitter was at the bottom of the mold. So I had moved on to my new cheap trick of the day uh, to use mica powder. And normally you can buy mica powder. You need to check where your sources go because some of it can come from child labor. So you need to check out your Amazon listing of where it's coming from. But uh if you already have eyeshadows, uh, some of us still have our makeup kits from theater. Those are just compressed mica powder. So what I did was take some of my old eyeshadow palettes, grind them down into something relatively powdery uh, in a mortar and pestle, and then mix that in with my resin. And those first purple ones that came out, like everybody's got some cheap purple eyeshadow they wore in undergrad, right? Right, right. Okay, maybe just me, but those turned out great. Um, so thanks to kind of talking with some folks online and really finding about mica powder and makeup powder and really messing about with, um, the mold and casting, I ended up finding a really neat solution that was inexpensive, uh, cause you can get eyeshadow palettes for what, two bucks and then smush them down or buy the powders online relatively cheap. Um, you can get those colorants to just kind of go about with it because the mold will last what 20 or 30 especially if you're using umu you'll get 20 or 30 uh plastic molds if you're using wax it's not going to mess up that mold at all um but you you should feel free to experiment with different colors different mix-ins different products to kind of see what your project kind of turns out to be um and that's where yeah, we, we spend a lot of time talking about the, the 3D print process, but once you get into the casting stuff, it turns into experiment city on it. And that's kind of my favorite part of really pushing this project towards folks is experimenting with something that starts with technology and then turns into this really personal art project that you can kind of fiddle about with for as long as it'll hold your attention. Um, and that's, that's, that's where I ended up with it. Uh, and are still ended up with it because I just made new masters today um, is once you have that mold and once you've poured your first <laughs> few mistakes, you learn very, very quickly that you, you, this is a very forgiving kind of good project process. And as always, we're here to help you. Um, the three of us here today have already kind of like, here's all the mistakes we made. Uh, but we can help you avoid them and kind of give you some guidance. Literally just send us an email of like, Hey, I'd like to get into this. We'll, we'll direct you to whatever we possibly know on how to do it because hopefully down the road, everybody that comes out of this um, is better than any of us uh, at everything that we kind of like put you down the road to do, you know? Yeah. Send us an email, send us a picture of what you kind of want to mold, of what you're thinking about molding. Send us a picture of your failed mold. Um, set up a Zoom call with us. We'll talk about it. We'll email you back any troubleshooting that we can see with it, you know. 
And, and yeah, you, like Charles said earlier, use the resource. I always tell students when they come through for tours and stuff like that, you've already paid for a lot of this in your tuition. You might as well use it. Yeah. And a, a lot of folks find that out too late where they'll graduate and realize that we're here after they graduate. And then you can access some of the services, but not all of them anymore. So take advantage of us while you're here, while you're available and, Maybe while well, you got some time on your hands and, and we'll, we'll, we'll point you in any direction we can. Yeah. And if you have a project that you're interested in that you don't know how to get started, let us know. And maybe it will become the subject of a future episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of this stuff uh, that we're going to, we've got planned for other podcasts are quite literally of, wait, that sounds ridiculous. Can we pull that off? And then we either did or didn't, or we ended up getting a grant to purchase equipment to make sure it did uh yeah if you that's how we that's how we bought the form right people kept asking us about resin printing and we needed a resin print yeah if if enough of you want us to do it we'll do it yeah so uh, and if you want direct uh contact with us you can check out our instagram at uno library cpl uh the website is library.unomaha.edu and you can click about and check out the the things the library's got in addition to us uh, or email us at unolibraryCPL at unomaha.edu, and we will do our best um, to kind of piece together what we can. After all, we're, we're a library. We're here to help you out. That is why we exist. <laughs> uh, to recap, we are the Creative Production Lab. My name is Charles Fisher. I'm the supervisor here, and I will hopefully be here for most of the episodes. Uh, Sean and Drew, do you want to send your sign off and thank yous? Sure. Uh, I am Drew, still the human. I will probably also be here for much of the subsequent episodes. Uh, I'm Sean. I don't know how many episodes I'll be here for. I'll be the peanut gallery. I'll ask questions about in episodes I don't know anything about. But a lot of what we do is illustration. I can't draw. I can't. But uh, we've seen your sticky notes, Sean. Thanks for... For those of you who don't know, we all did little portraits of ourselves and put it on a sticky note and put it on our uh, on the our workspace computer, and they're all very cute. And mine, mine and Drew specifically, you can tell that we don't have a background in illustration. We'll, we'll post it up again, but that that little story is definitely on our Instagram. If you want to laugh at what a, what a lab that hires education majors, physics majors, art majors, communications folks. And then gets bored, turns into. That's a really uh, good point. I'm an education major. I'm a physics education major. If I can do this, it doesn't have anything to do with my my major at all. But I'm still on a podcast talking about it. So there you go. Yeah. And the end result of the theater degree is I work for the university now. And now I get to do whatever I want. Do it. Just what's what's just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Cool. We're gonna get sued by Nike, circa nineteen ninety-eight. No, it's now. it's 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 yeah, what's his face? The sponsorship. the guy, the actor dude. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Just ah, do actual, it. Oh, actual cannibal. Actual oh, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Cool. Okay, folks. Uh, Drew, Sean, thanks so much for opening up this podcast. Uh, and we will come back with our next episodes. Keep an eye on our channel, uh, the Instagram, and the website for more. And if you got any questions, uh, reach on out. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. That's all for our first episode. 
We'll be back with more on topics ranging from how to do a podcast via Zoom, all the way to making laserable illustrations in Adobe Creative Cloud. If you want us to cover something, reach out via email. Our email address is unolibraryCPL at unomaha.edu. Check out the website, uh, library.unomaha.edu, or see what we've got going on on Instagram. Our handle is at unolibraryCPL. Thank you for listening to the Creative Production Lab from University of Nebraska at Omaha's Chris Library. I'm your host, Charles Fisher, and we'll see you again soon.